0: Chapter 5, The Great Gatsby's second part, starting on page 90, the first full paragraph on page 90. The flowers were unnecessary, for at two o'clock, a greenhouse arrived from Gatsby's, with innumerable receptacles to contain it. An hour later, the front door opened nervously, and Gatsby, in a white flannel suit, silver shirt, and gold-colored tie, hurried in. He was pale. And there were dark signs of sleeplessness beneath his eyes. Is everything all right? He asked immediately. The grass looks fine, if that's what you mean. What grass? He inquired blankly. Oh, the grass in the yard. He looked out the window at it, but judging from the, his expression, I don't believe he saw a thing. Looks very good, he remarked vaguely. One of the papers said they thought that rain would stop about four. I think it was the journal. Have you got everything you need in the shape of of tea? I took him into the pantry where he looked a little reproachfully at the fin. Together we scrutinized the twelve lemon cakes from the delicatessen shop. Well, they do, I asked. Of course, of course, they're fine, and he added hollowly. Old sport. The rain cooled about half past three to a damp mist, through which occasional thin drops swam like dew. Gatsby looked with vacant eyes through a copy of Clay's Economics, starting at the finished tread that shook the kitchen floor and peering toward the bleared windows from time to time, as if a series of invisible but alarming happenings were taking place outside. Finally, he got up and informed me in an uncertain voice that he was going home. "'What's that?' "'Nobody's coming to tea. It's too late,' he looked at his watch." as if there was some pressing demand on his time elsewhere. I can't wait all day. Don't be silly. It's just two minutes to four. He sat down, miserably, as if I had pushed him, and simultaneously there was the sound of a motor turning into my lane. We both jumped up, and, a little harrowed myself, I went out into the yard. Under the dripping bare lilac trees, a large open car was coming up the drive. It stopped. Daisy's face, tipped sideways beneath a three-cornered lavender hat, looked out at me with a bright, ecstatic smile. Is this absolutely where you live, my dearest one? The exhilarating ripple of her voice was a wild tonic in the rain. I had to follow the sound of it for a moment, up and down, with my ear alone before any words came through. A damp streak of hair lay like a dash, a blue paint across her cheek, and her hand was wet with glistening drops as I took it to help her from the car. Are you in love with me? She said low in my ear, or why did I have to come alone? That's the secret of Castle Rackrent. Tell your chauffeur to go far away and spend an hour. Come back in an hour, Ferdy. Then, in a grave murmur, his name is Ferdy. Does the gasoline affect his nose? I don't think so she said innocently why we went in to my overwhelming surprise the living room was deserted well that's funny i exclaimed what's funny she turned her head as there was a light dignified knocking at the front door i went out and opened it gatsby Poe's death with his hands plunged like weights in his coat pockets, was standing in a puddle of water glaring tragically into my eyes. With his hands still in his coat pockets, he stalked by me into the hall, turned sharply as if he were on a wire, and disappeared into the living room. It wasn't a bit funny. Aware of the loud beating of my own heart, I pulled the door to against the increasing rain. For half a minute, there wasn't a sound. Then from the living room, I heard a sort of choking murmur and part of a laugh, followed by Daisy's voice and a clear, artificial note. I certainly am awfully glad to see you again. A pause. It endured horribly. I had nothing to do in the hall, so I went into the room. Gatsby, his hands still in his pockets, was reclining against the mantelpiece in a strained, counterfeit, of perfect ease, even a boredom. His head leaned back so far that it rested against the face of a defunct mantelpiece clock, and from this position his distraught eyes stared down at Daisy, who was sitting, frightened but graceful, on the edge of a stiff chair. We've met before, muttered Gatsby. His eyes glanced momentarily at me, and his lips parted with an abortive attempt at a laugh. Luckily, the clock took this moment to tilt dangerously at the pressure of his head, whereupon he turned and caught it with trembling fingers and set it back in place. Then he sat down, rigidly, his elbow on the arm of the sofa and his chin in his hand. I'm sorry about the clock, he said. My own face had now assumed a deep tropical burn. I couldn't muster up a single commonplace out of the thousand in my head. It's an old clock, I told them idiotically. I think we all believed for a moment that it had smashed in pieces on the floor. We haven't met for many years, said Daisy, her voice as matter-of-fact as it could ever be. Five years next November. The automatic quality of Gatsby's answer set us all back at least another minute. I had them both on their feet with the desperate suggestion that they help me make tea in the kitchen when the demoniac Finn brought it in on a tray. Amid the welcome confusion of cups and cakes, a certain physical decency established itself. Gatsby got himself into a shadow, and while Daisy and I talked, looked conscientiously from one to the other of us with tense, unhappy eyes. However... As calmness was not an end in itself, I made an excuse at the first possible moment and got to my feet. Where are you going? demanded Gatsby, in immediate alarm. I'll be back. I've got to speak to you about something before you go. He followed me wildly into the kitchen, closed the door and whispered, Oh God, in a miserable way, what's the matter? This is a terrible mistake he said, shaking his head from side to side. A terrible, terrible mistake. You're just embarrassed, that's all. And luckily, I added, Daisy's embarrassed too. She's embarrassed? He repeated incredulously. Just as much as you are. Don't talk so loud. You're acting like a little boy, I broke out impatiently. Not only that, but you're rude. Daisy's sitting in there all alone. He raised his hand to stop my words. Looked at me with unforgettable reproach, and opening the door cautiously, went back into the other room. I walked out the back way, just as Gatsby had when he had made his nervous circuit of the house half an hour before, and ran for a huge black knotted tree whose massed leaves made a fabric against the rain. Once more it was pouring, and my irregular lawn, well shaved by Gatsby's gardener, abounded in small, muddy swamps and prehistoric marshes. There was nothing to look at from under the tree except Gatsby's enormous house, so I stared at it, like Kant at his church steeple, for half an hour. A brewer had built it early in the period craze a decade before, and there was a story that he had agreed to pay five years' taxes on all the neighboring cottages if the owners would have their roofs thatched with straw. Perhaps her refusal took the heart out of his plan to found a family. He went into an immediate decline. His children sold his house with the black wreath still on the door. Americans, while occasionally willing to be serfs, have always been obstinate about being peasantry. After half an hour, the sun shone again in the grocer's automobile round a Gatsby's drive with the raw material for his servants' dinner. I felt sure he wouldn't eat a spoonful. A maid began opening the upper windows of his house, appeared momentarily in each, and leaning from a large central bay, spat meditatively into the garden. It was time I went back. While the rain continued, it had seemed like the murmur of their voices rising and swelling a little. Now, and the, with gusts of emotion. But in the new silence I felt... That silence had fallen within the house, too. So notes on The Great Gatsby, chapter five, the second part, starting at the top of page 90. Um, We have hyperbole here because he's talking about Nick picks up a few flowers from town. Um. And he says the flowers were unnecessary for at two o'clock, a greenhouse arrived. So that is an example of hyperbole. hyperbole. An actual greenhouse does not arrive, but a ton of flowers do arrive. Um, the next we have Gatsby showing up in a white flannel suit, silver shirt, and gold colored tie. Uh, Gatsby, obviously. It uh, looks like he has not rested very well because he is pale and he has dark signs of sleeplessness beneath his eyes, and then um, he's very distracted. Nick asks if he's doing okay. He's like, "Yeah, sure." Um, Gatsby makes an offhand comment like the rain is supposed to stop, and then um, he goes to let's see the next part, um, the last paragraph on page ninety. Um, Gatsby looked with vacant eyes through a copy of Clay's economics. So Gatsby is passing time by looking through a book and then, um, starting at the finished tread. And so that's talking about, um, when the housekeeper, the Finn, um, is walking in the kitchen, she's like probably heavy stepping and he can hear her. And so he's a little bit alarmed, um, Gatsby gets super nervous, and he's like, I'm going to leave. I don't have time for this. No one's coming from tea. Nick says, don't be silly. It's just two minutes to four. Um, He's described then as Gatsby sitting down miserably. And then they hear Daisy's car, and so they both jump up. Nick goes out to meet meet Daisy, and then we have this colorful imagery here under the dripping bare lilac trees. A large open car was coming up the drive. Um, Daisy's face tipped sideways beneath a three-cornered lavender hat. So that's a soft purple color. And then um, talking about her voice again, the exhilarating ripple of her voice um, was a wild tonic in the rain. And then um, a damp streak of hair lay like a dash of blue paint across her cheek. And then, Once again, carrying on Daisy's kind of flirtatious personality, she says, are you in love with me? Um, Or why did I have to come alone? And then Nick says, that's the secret of Castle Rackrent. Castle Rackrent is an allusion, a reference to a novel by a person called Maria Edgeworth. It was originally published in 1800, so Nick is making that reference, Um, he's Tells Daisy, tell your chauffeur to come back. And she's like, Oh, come back, Ferdy, in an hour. Um, and then Nick thinks he's being funny and he says, Does the gasoline affect his nose? Because earlier in chapter what um, chapter one, Nick um Daisy asks, or tells Nick rather, about the um Butler who had to polish the silver service and then his nose was affected. So Nick thinks he's being funny and he says, Does the gasoline affect his nose? And then Daisy doesn't get that. She says, well, I don't think so. She said innocently, Why? Because she doesn't remember that random comment that she'd made to him earlier. Um, so then they walk into Nick's house and Nick says that he's like, Well, wow, that's funny. Um, because he expects to walk in and see Gatsby sitting in the living room, but Gatsby's not there. So Nick and Daisy are inside Nick's house. Then there's a knocking at the door. Nick answers it and Gatsby is standing there in this great simile pale as death with his hands plunged like weights so we have two similes in there in his coat pockets, um, and then was standing in a puddle of water glaring tragically into my eyes. And so here Gatsby is. So he, Gatsby goes out the back door, walks around the house, and then knocks on it so that he can meet Daisy that way. Um, so then the next thing we hear is Daisy says to Gatsby, I certainly am awfully glad to see you again. Um, Nick eventually goes into the room probably the living room. And then he describes Gatsby and Gatsby is like super uncomfortable. Um, He's standing there, his hands are in his pockets. And then, you know, Gatsby's like, "Uh, we met before he matters at the bottom of page 92. And then um, he's leaning against like the mantle, you know, over the fireplace and there's this old clock on it. And then he accidentally hits the old clock and causes it to tumble. Um, we have some personification there. Luckily the clock took this moment to tilt dangerously at the pressure of his head. Um, and so we have this kind of disturbance and it's kind of embarrassing and uncomfortable and super weird. And then, you know, Nick's like, Oh, don't worry. It's an old clock. And um, so then Daisy tries, cause that weird, uncomfortable, like silence there. Daisy says, we haven't met for many years. And then, Gatsby says five years next November. So Gatsby has been keeping like a calendar of how long it has been since he has seen Daisy in person. Um, The automatic quality of Gatsby's answer set us all back at least another minute. And then Nick's like, oh, okay, this is super awkward. Why don't we all go in and make tea together? But then the servant, the Finnish woman, brings it in and Nick's like, well, darn. So finally, Nick's like, "Uh, okay, I got something to do. I'll be back. And then Gatsby follows him, and Gatsby is totally freaking out. He's like, oh, my God, you know, I made a terrible, terrible mistake. And Nick tries to make him feel better and says, you know, you're just embarrassed. Um, It's okay. Daisy's embarrassed, too. And then Gatsby kind of snaps out of it, and he's like, she's embarrassed, too. And then Nick scolds him, says, you're acting like a little boy. Uh, you're being rude to her, you know, get in there and talk to her. And so then um, Nick leaves the house. Nick goes, hangs out under a tree while it's raining and leaves Gatsby in there with Daisy. Um, we have an illusion here, he says. So I stared at Gatsby's enormous house like um, Kant at his church steeple, which is a reference to um, Immanuel Kant, German um philosopher who was lived from 1724 to 1804. If you're interested in looking up that illusion, we find out um, that some guy had built um, this big, huge mansion that Gatsby later buys and that, you know, he died and then the family sold it with a black wreath still on the door. Black wreath is a symbol of mourning. And so um, anyway, Then we get to this part where um, after half an hour, the sun shines again. So the rain has stopped. The sun is shining. And then Nick decides to go back into the house to see how everything is going.